and we really pretty much went through uh, prophecies um, that the Bible has written, that God has written about himself, <laughs> amen, uh, so that <clears throat> people couldn't recognize uh, Jesus when he came on the scene. All of this was done that people would know who he was and and give the right response to him. And so that's really why we have the Bible, so that we will know God. And when we meet him and, and know what he's doing, uh, we can have a proper response to him. That proper response is always reverence, respect, and worship. Amen. And, <clears throat> and of course, submission to him and receiving all that he has for us. And so as we went through the word, we saw where uh, uh, prophecies about uh, Jesus were fulfilled left and right. Uh, that that even the way he was born, the different cities he would live in, and all of that uh, were were written down in the Bible. These things were, um, uh, you know, uh, little pictures, word pictures given to the prophets over the years. The fact that many different people spoke about the same person is amazing at, at so many different times. Uh, you know, of course, there are people that, that will write about famous people. That's, that's not unusual. But for people to write about him before he was even born, and then after he's born and we continue to write about him, so many different versions, and then the different prophecies about him through the mouths of the different prophets is very, very unusual. All of the things that were spoken about Jesus, of course, he fulfilled. Uh, they were, they were, they came to pass, in other words. And that's the one thing that we can, can, uh, take for ourselves is that if everything was spoken about him came to pass and everything he speaks about us will come to pass, everything he tells us he's gonna do for us will come to pass. All of these things will come to pass, but they must be believed. And so the Bible is, uh, left as a written work record for our faith to for us to look at, at at Jesus and see all that he did that was spoken about him all that was fulfilled and so if that was fulfilled what he speaks to you is fulfilled because he never changes he's the same yesterday today and forever uh, everything that he tells us that he's going to do for us he will do no matter what the challenge is it may seem impossible with men but with all God with God, all things are possible. Amen. And all things are possible to those who believe. And so we, we have to make believing God a priority in our lives. Amen. And, and forget about people. I, I think if there's one thing we can do is put people in their proper place and put God in His. Amen. And, and allow people to be used by God and to help you or not used by God if that's what he desires. But it's, it's just a good thing to keep God in his proper place in your life. And then your life will be, will fall in place in order. Uh, you'll, you'll have an orderly life. You'll have a good life. You have a blessed life. You have a prosperous life. Uh, you'll have a life with no fear, no burdens, no, um, you know, no misgivings. Uh, so many times people go through life and even when you get saved, sometimes people will say things like, Oh, I wish I'd known about the Lord earlier. You probably did some, but you didn't respond to him. You know, 
we always want to look back and regret or wish or, you know, or, uh, you know, there are people and nobody told me about the Lord and there were church people in my family and yada, 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 yada. Well, just enjoy God now, you know, just go forward and, and don't miss anything looking back. You know, uh, don't miss anything in the now and in your future for looking back to see what what could have been. You know, you don't know what could have been. You don't know if you did come in at God's time for you. You did. You know, that that was the time that that God set and ordained for you to come in. We come in by faith. And sometimes it takes, you know, a few getting your head smashed to, to pull your faith together to realize that God really is serious about changing your life and he loves you and he wants you to serve him. And so we, we can, can bank on the fact that God will do what he says he's going to do. He wants to do everything that he says he's going to do, and he will do it. Amen? He'll do it for you, and he'll do it for me, because he is no respecter of persons. Amen? So so we talked also about the fact that many times when people were healed, the Bible said that it might be fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet. Amen? And so in, in the realm of healing, Jesus is fulfilling his word. He is fulfilling prophecy. When he went to the cross, it was a fulfillment of prophecy that he would be the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth and that he would die for the sins of mankind. This was something that was very, very hard for people to accept. Um, Many of the people that followed him faithfully while he was alive. Amen. When you're alive, people really, really love you. But when you're a dead man, it's something different. Amen. You know, all their, their, their hope was there. You know, your hope is in the living. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if somebody, if you're pinning your hopes on someone, as long as they're here, your hopes have a chance of being fulfilled. But when they're not here anymore, you know, you wonder. You're left wondering. Amen. I know this from experience. I'm a widow. And when my husband was alive, my plans for him and myself were quite different than they are now. You got me? And so it makes a difference whether somebody is living or dead, whether they're living up to your expectations or not. And all of those disciples that followed Jesus were looking for an earthly kingdom. They were not looking for anything spiritual, even though they were, were, their ministry was spiritual. Ow! That ought to hurt some preachers. Huh? Now they're casting out devils. Healing sick people, telling people the kingdom of heaven is at hand and seeing miracles in front of their eyes. But then they go back to Jesus and say, who's going to be first? I'm going to sit at your right hand. I'm going to say, when we get in this kingdom you're talking about. Help us, Lord. Huh? So when when they saw that he was being put to death, he was on trial, everybody scattered. Amen. Amen. They were looking for what was for them. 
even though they're doing the works of God by the Spirit, they go home every night and wonder, when am I going to get my millionaire ministry? When am I going to? Ouch! See, that's supposed to hurt. Huh? As long as you're doing the will of God, that's all that matters. Whether it's millions, whether it's with your, your neighbors down the street, whether it's one family that you help, whether it's, huh? And I know God has given people vision about their big ministry and all that, but that shouldn't turn you on. You understand what I'm saying? That's a blessing from God. That's a gift of God. Pray that you're able to keep up with what it takes to be able to please God through that. But don't let that be your goal. Amen. <laughs> God has to serve, he has to save the, the drunk and the addict in the, in the alley, just like he has to serve the prominent people, save the prominent people that can pay, you know, that can write a, a half million dollar check so you can get a building fund done. Amen. He has to save all of them. He wants to work with all of them. And so we we have to keep our focus on the spiritual realm, folks. You, you get your focus off that, your prayers don't get answered. Your vision never comes to pass. you got to keep your, your focus out of the natural into the realm of the spirit if you're going to get what God has for you. Because everything that we have comes from a realm called glory. It does not come out of the natural realm. Now, it has to manifest here because we live here. Amen. But aside from that, there's there's no there's no charm, no beauty, no value to much in the natural realm. God looks at everything through the eyes of his spirit. And so that's where he wants us to stay focused. And that's where it'll benefit us most to stay focused in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And so when when you when you understand that you, you can you can easily allow God to bless you in the natural, allow him and pray for things that you need in the natural, all that's necessary. But your affection can't be set there. You know, your heart can't be set on those things. They have to be set on what God has his heart set on. And his heart is set on the things of heaven. Amen. The things of the kingdom. So Jesus healed many, many people. Uh, with, with his, his anointing that he was anointed with, um, uh, it was said that Jesus, he, he, they even talked about how Jesus, what his attitude would be. And, and I think this is very important for us as believers because his attitude should be our attitude. You know, the way that we approach life and all these, these things. So, so, and that's what he's developing in us. You know, that's what God's developing. That's the pearl of great price. That's the real value in being here is that we become, be conformed to the image of Christ. But as I, in Isaiah 42, it says in verse one, he says, behold, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect and whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. And, and what that word judgment means is a summing up of, of their lives and, and an entering into a different realm. 
And so when he renders judgment to the Gentiles, it was in the form of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. That was the judgment. If you don't repent, you don't enter into the kingdom. If you do, you will. It says he shall not cry nor lift up or cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto the unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and in the isles shall wait and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them to them that walk therein, I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold your hand, will keep you, give you for a covenant of the people, and for a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison. People sometimes wonder how the the change shook when when uh, Paul and, and Barnabas began to pray. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. It was done that it might be fulfilled that Jesus would bring prison, prisoners out of prison. Amen. And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. So all of these things were written about Jesus. The fact that he was a humble person. He's a meek and gentle person. You know, where it says he uh, he shall not bruise a reed. That's an exaggeration, extreme example of how gentle he would be. Amen. He's not somebody coming to lord it all over everybody like most of the kings that they were accustomed to. Amen. He came to serve the people. He came as a servant king to the people. Servant because we got to get benefit and king because he got half stuff. Ah! Telling you. You know, people get all excited. I'm a queen. You have no clue what that means. So go sit down somewhere. Go clip your toenails. Amen. (laughs) Amen. We're a royal. That word royal is really a, a, an, Adjective that explains priesthood. See, you're, you're a pre, the functional word there is priest. Priest is a servant. Man, them, them brothers was on their feet all day long. Amen. Amen. If they stopped moving, they was dead. See, people who like to live in fantasy don't like that kind of stuff. You know, we, it, living in God's spirit is, it's no fantasy land. There's, there's, that's more real than what we see down here. But I'm telling you, if the priest stopped moving, it's cause he was dead. Well, that's somewhat of an exaggeration. I mean, they got, they got <laughs> finished for the day. 
But they work from sun up to sun down. If you lived among sinful people that brought sacrifices all day long, you don't have time to sit down. You barely had time to eat a sandwich. Amen. <laughs> when they brought the, the, you know, when they burnt the offering, you know, the, 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 uh, some of them were whole burnt offerings, but most of them were, were the, the Roma went up to God and the priests ate the flesh. That's what they lived off of. And if your people fell into sin and, and didn't want to repent, bring offerings, you'd have much. So you waited for that unleavened bread and that meat and you ate a sandwich. Huh? Bitter herbs on there, whatever you had for a salad, but that's, you know, they was the king of the sandwiches now. Amen. Amen. Right now, your favorite deli is a Jewish deli. Amen. You brush up, brush up the Corky and Lenny's. You know, you faint when they tell you what that sandwich costs now, but you're going to get you a corned beef sandwich and a Reuben too. Huh? And be very satisfied when the day is over. Amen. Praise God. So the priests serve 24-7. That's why, and Jesus is the example. He says, the Father works all the time and I work. God never slumbers nor sleeps. Amen. And so he's busy. There is work to do in the kingdom all the time. Jesus said that. He said the laborers are few. He says not like people don't need to get saved all the time. He said, I can't find people to go out and do it. As we sing, Lord, I'm available to you. But I want to be a servant now. I'm a queen. I'm an available queen. Lord, I'm available. My tiara is all set. So we need to bury some, slaughter some sacred cows. Don't we? We get twisted, turned around in our thinking and, you know, when God tells you he's going to use you, you need to say, God, please let me be ready when the times come prepare me, you know, help me to be able to do the job you want me to do. Equip me, strengthen me, whatever it is, but focus on the work. Don't focus on what you think your image will be because you got me. Amen. 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 So Jesus healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled. It's a fulfillment of scripture. It's not dependent on you. See, your only portion is to believe and quit doubting and don't speak doubt and don't as much as you can keep doubt out your head. Don't let it find a home there. If you doubt all day long at the end of the day, you, you say to yourself, but you know what? I'm still healed. I'm still, I'm still, you know, ready. And, and my healing is now. I have it now. I, I possess it now. I'm not waiting on anything. It's now. Amen. And, and expect it to manifest now and at any time. There's no set time for you off in the future where you can have things. They can happen anytime you believe. Amen. 
And so always be ready because God is fulfilling scripture. He's not blessing your goodness. He's not rewarding your good behavior. He's not giving you stuff because you do this right and that right. You must believe him. Amen. You must believe. Abraham believed God. I I look at at him, you know, people like to count up how long it takes for something. You know, do yourself a favor and quit adding up stuff. Amen. Because God says that, that his decree is it'll happen so fast your head will swim. So get him off the, the, the slow track and put him on the fast track. Amen. Put your blessings on fast track. Because he says they're going to happen so fast your head will swim. Amen. You dizzy yet? We'll just keep believing. Amen. Believe till you get dizzy and pass out. Amen. But keep believing that that they're going to come at an accelerated rate. Why would he hold anything back? Huh? Now I realize there's a fullness of time for, for many things. You know, I would say they're landmark things. The birth of, 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 uh, Isaac. Landmark. That, that was a turning point. A very important turning part, point in the nation of Israel. You know, the birth of certain of their kings were, were, um, uh, fulfillment of time kind of things. You know, people had to get fed up with what the way it was already. You had to get people praying for things to change, you know, and, and begin to landmark and, and pivot and cause pivotal things to happen. But on an everyday basis, I don't know that that's my life. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm an everyday Christian every day. And on an everyday basis, we can believe God for things now. He's not waiting on anything landmark to happen in the lives of most people. Most people, we just get up, believe God, and impress through our day as best we can, and, you know, worship a little bit, under there and keep on running. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's life. But, but he does it to the same degree for us that he does for everybody else. And, and when, when there were certain things that happened that were landmark, God would always say in the fullness of time, things came. Amen. So when time is a factor, God has to, to put it on a schedule where certain things are accomplished so that that these things can go forth like the birth of Jesus that was a fullness of time event but you getting a bill paid the time is now yeah you need the bill paid when it's due amen there's no such thing as fullness of time for you to get a bill paid come on now amen and and so it's it's that way so we have to get God on fast track i just said that to say put him on the fast track expect now expect in the in the immediate expect before you need it how's that sound so if god's giving us abundance the the answer is here before we need it in fact that's true anyway we just don't expect it at the right proportion and so God wants us to know that scripture is being fulfilled every day. Amen. He's fulfilling promises every day that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. 
And when God starts to intervene in our lives, it's so that it might be fulfilled that was spoken. Turn to Matthew chapter 21. We'll see another example. Fulfillment of scripture. Matthew 21 and verse... Nah, I get the wrong scripture. Hang on a second. Hang on, hang on. I know it's around here somewhere. Which one? Hang on, let me see. Yeah, sorry about that. Verse 4, 21-4. Let me correct it in here. Oh, I have 3 and 4. Whoopsie. I know, squeezing it in, right? Three comma four. All right. Okay. So it says in verse one, and when they were drew near to Jerusalem and there came, came to Beth, Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives and sent Jesus and then sent Jesus two disciples saying, go unto them, go to the village over against you and straightway. And you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if any man says anything to you, you shall say this. The Lord has need of them. And straight away he will send them. Now don't take this as blanket permission to go taking stuff from people and tell them God told you. You understand what I'm saying? This is to fulfill prophecy. One time. Well, once it's fulfilled, we don't need to use it again. It says, but all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt and the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the colt and the ass and put on their clothes on them and they set him on them and a very great multitude spread their garments in the road others cut down branches from trees and threw them in the way and the multitudes that went before and those that follow cried saying hosanna to the son of david blessed is he that comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest And when he was come to Jerusalem, the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. Nobody called him at that time the Son of God. Amen. Or Messiah. But they they began to identify Jesus based on the things that he did and that he was a prophet and and uh gave him credit for that much and and that's really as far as their faith went they began to want to lift him up to a higher place in the natural after this but he would not allow or god would not allow that to happen because of course we know shortly after this he was crucified and the 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 uh right after that of course this drew a lot of um 
negative press from the Pharisees and those who were in power at that time. And uh, the Pharisees complained. They're, they're worshiping you or praising you and make them shut up. And Jesus said, if they hold their peace, what? The rocks will cry out. And so all creation praises God. In other words, if man don't have enough sense to praise me, the rocks do. Amen. Because of creation, all creation praises God and lifts God up. And so this was done that it might be fulfilled. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you meek, not in great power and authority yet, but he is named king. He hasn't been crowned yet. Amen. He's crowned after he fulfills his mission. And so when, when God begins to put gifts and abilities in people, even in Jesus' time, there was a point where he could not assume his full kingly authority until the Father conferred it upon him. Amen. So you can't call yourself a king or a queen until that anointing and that power has been conferred upon you. The same thing with people, apostles and prophets, ministry gifts office. I realize by faith you are called and, and God's called me as such. But you can't call yourself that in a premature fashion. Before you're anointed to that office, it's really not real. And and in a way, it's false advertising if you call yourself that and people expect the works of the prophet and the apostle out of you. They're coming to you based on what you tell them you are right now. So they don't understand your faith talk, you know. They understand they got a need. You know, if you're truly who you say you are, then God should have anointed you to help me to meet that need. That's what people look at. And so if you can't deliver the goods, don't advertise. Amen. It's just leave yourself in a box. In fact, you don't have to tell anybody anything about yourself. You know, people say, people said Paul said it. Well, Paul was writing letters to people. He had to, he had to introduce himself. Amen. Those were introductory letters. Amen. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't trying to shy away from who he was. And he certainly had the evidence of who he was. He had signs, wonders, and mighty deeds in abundance. Amen. And the warfare to go along with it. This is the other thing people don't want. You know, if Jesus said, take this cup and drink all of it. <laughs> Even that stuff that don't taste good at the bottom. Huh? You get a certain amount of that anyway. Amen. And so we, we have to, to understand these things, folks. You just get to yourself and let God begin to do what he does in you and, and, and just be thankful you're used of God. Amen. I mean, in your heart, you know who you are and, and people say, well, what office do you stand in? You can tell them. I, and people would ask me, well, what do I call you? I said, honey, just don't call me late to dinner. I'd be really upset with you. <laughs> Nothing else you call me upsets me but that. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? I mean, just come on. Let's, let's not make a big deal out of it. Amen. Amen. So, so Jesus then came in the fashion that was spoken about him in Isaiah 42. It's a meek, lowly servant, somebody who's humble, 
not somebody who's arrogant and wanting to lord it all over people and turn people off because of, you know, their abrasive attitude and so forth. We're all having the sharp edges filed off of us. Amen. Every day that you live, there's there's some refinement that's happening in your life. Amen. So even the mode of transportation that Jesus would take into the city was prophesied. It was a fulfillment of prophecy. Amen. Thank God he doesn't limit us, many of us, that way. Amen. You can drive whatever kind of car you want to drive. You got me? (laughs) So whatever floats your boat and you're comfortable with. Amen. He doesn't dictate that all Christians have to drive so-and-so car. Amen. Amen. We do that to each other. Uh, we find out a, a preacher has a, a Rolls Royce or something like that and we get all upset, you know. I mean, if, if their conscience doesn't bug them and God provided it for them, it's okay with God, it's okay with me. Amen? Amen. So, but you know, things of this world, you know, now I will say this, that there are some things that I think are excessive, you know, is in, in light of, you know, maybe they don't get the same magazines that I get coming to my door with persecuted Christians that don't have enough to eat. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Just a thought, not not throwing no shade. But if it's shady where you are, then pray about it. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of work to be done to get the gospel out. In other words, that's always a priority. Amen. It's always a priority. Amen. So Isaiah prophesied about this servant in a detailed way that allows us to understand that healing and the atonement, in other words, healing came in the atonement, salvation and healing are all the same package. Amen. In Isaiah 53, 1, it starts out talking about a servant, about someone that God is sending that that does something that pleases God. And it's important to know that Jesus' death, his suffering, everything that he went through was pleasing to the Father. If it wasn't pleasing to the Father, he would not have had to go through it. But the decision had been made already. We said that the Bible says the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth. Amen. So when it says that, it means this. That Jesus, once he speaks a thing, he locks himself into performing it, period, no matter what. And this should be a comfort to us that we can take him literally at his word. When you read scripture, you don't have to fix it up in your mind and say, well, maybe he didn't mean it like that. He meant it like this. You know, people are, are always saying, uh, well, well, God heals us spiritually. No, we got born again by the spirit. Your spirit doesn't need healing. Amen. It's, it's whole and intact. It's the spirit of Christ. He never needed healing folks. And we don't either. And in his resurrected form, he doesn't need it now. Amen. So there's no spiritual healing. Many times what people need their souls restored. Amen. And, and, and restored means that we begin to take on the mind of Christ. That's restoration, folks. Uh, what you used to, the mind you used to have 
you don't have to have it anymore. You make the choice to take the new mind that goes with your born-again spirit man. So that you're compatible. Spirit, soul, mind, and body is all in one accord. Amen. Your, your, your soul doesn't fight your spirit man so much anymore. Your soul knows how to let go of that nonsense that used to make you deranged and crazy. Amen. And pick up Christ, the new creation thing. Amen. You know, just say bye-bye to that old stuff and hello, new, new creature. There's much more support for us as believers when we take on the new things than when we try to hold on to the old. Amen. The old is slipping away. The old is dead already. We, that old man was crucified. When Christ was crucified, we were in him and we died to sin. And we still in him when he's raised up unto righteousness. So we're raised up now in righteousness if we'll allow ourselves to live that life. Now you got a choice. You can live in the flesh still or you can live by the faith of the Son of God. Even if you stumble at it. Even if you're not real good at it. Even if it's new to you or strange to you or you don't feel right saying the things that God tells you to say. Understand that your new creation man is the one that gets the most support. I mean, everything that God has is is pressing us into the newness and not into that old life. Amen? You know, people who can't get over what they used to be could if they quit nursing it. Amen? It's like nursing a corpse. Because there's no life there. There's nothing but grief, sorrow, all the negative um, spiritual forces are wrapped up in the old man. Why would you want to go back to that again? Even though the new may be a little scary, a little shaky, we're not sure, you know, how we'll do with this new stuff. But we, you know, it's kind of interesting in a way. Exciting to be somebody who can do good and not bad, who can prosper and not fail. Who can think like God and not like the devil. That's got to be an interesting life. You know, I know it is for me. Amen. And so we make the decision to put off the old man. You know, if somebody does something to offend you, don't nurse it. Put it off. You don't have to sit up and think about what a victim you are. Get real. Amen. There's so so much dynamite locked up in believers and they sit up and talk about who did them wrong and what, you know. Your spirit man is ready to explode on you and pull you out of that. I say, come on, go this way. We ain't living like that anymore. Amen. And so if we'll allow it, we our our soul is being restored. The bits and fragments that the devil has taken and torments us with it and tells us we can't do this and we'll never be that. All of that. You're the, so too late, devil. I'm that already. Amen. You're too late. I met Jesus, whatever date it was. I forget, you know, some people keep up with their spiritual birth dates. You know, I don't, I don't, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not right and they're not wrong, but you know, on so and so and such and such date, 
So it's Brother Hagan. He's the one that keeps up with dates of everything. In McKinney, Texas, I remember that much. On the, on the bed of affliction in McKinney, Texas, I was born again. Amen. And from that day forward, we're going forward. Amen. We're not going back. I left all of that stuff back there. Amen. That corpse is dead. So we're, we're reckoning ourselves dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. So it says in Isaiah 53 verse 1, and see, Jesus did all of this. He went to the cross to fulfill prophecy. Amen. And, and, and so that his word would be good. Think if he hadn't done that. Everything, everything that we know now, well, we wouldn't be here. Nothing would be here. Amen. Because the whole world was depending upon him going to the cross so that we could get an extension of life down here on earth. The cross gave us more time. Amen. More time for what? Not for kicking it and being kings and queens, but but for bringing more souls into the kingdom. That's the only reason life is extended here is to share the good news and pull people in and get them out of the hell that's going to come. Amen. And so, so God wants us to live that life that Jesus lived so that we can do the works that he did. We can complete his ministry because he is depending on us to do those things. So, so he fulfilled prophecy when he went to the cross it, at the foundation of the earth. He said, when man sins, I will pay the price. I will give, I'll exchange my life for his. And I will rescue him. That was the, that was the promise. And he brought it to pass at Calvary. Amen. Now, until that time, people who believe God could get healed on his word. On his word that he had given that he was going to go to the cross. That word was good back then to get you healed. If you obey God. Amen. And it was good to have you healed if you, if you believed God. So his word was good throughout the ages, even though it wasn't fulfilled yet. I'm going to say it again. His word was good to heal people throughout the ages, even though it hadn't been fulfilled yet. Think about now that it's been fulfilled. That's why things can happen so rapidly. That's why things can be accelerated. That's why you and I can lay hands on the sick and they recover because that word's been fulfilled now. It's given us a better covenant based on better promises. Amen. Because we're not looking forward to the time when he will do it. We have it now. It's already done. Everything that we need has been paid for and it's already done. So what are we sitting around waiting for? God's waiting on us to believe it's now. Amen. It's already done. Amen. Back in the old covenant, they had to obey the Old Testament law. The people of God did. The the provision was made through obedience through a weak law because it had to be carried out through the flesh. Now we have rapid because it's carried out through the spirit. It's been fulfilled already. 
Jesus has paid full and total price for everything that we need with his blood. He's poured out his life for us so that his life could live through us. He lives in us now. That means every time you open your mouth, you could get a miracle if he so, if you learn how to cooperate with God and let him work with you and quit running your mouth about stuff you want to talk about all the time. You know, repent for Facebook. You understand what I'm saying? Is the way saints use that? Because we have to give an account for every idle word we speak. You get on there and talk about people and don't do this and don't do that. and you, You need to let people out of your life and all. You know, it's crazy stuff. Why would you talk about stuff like that? Why not lift up Jesus? Lift up humanity. Encourage people about, you know, talk about the answers to prayer that you get sometime. And see, God has put so much in us. If we focus on that and start tapping into it more, myself included. You know, I can go online and, and sit there for, you know, at least 30 minutes shopping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Time's a-wasting, folks. Amen? And we need to use it more productively. More like when Jesus said, my father works and hitherto I work, that needs to be our confession. God, what do I need to be doing? Amen? Give me something else to do. When you think about people, sometimes you need to call them or text them and say, you know, I was thinking about you. I was wanting to pray with you about whatever it is that you need. But see, we too busy. We too busy. Mm -hmm. Too busy. So, so letting that new creation man live, causing, letting God develop him, prosper him. The more he lives, the more of the world will fall off of you than the things of this world. Because Jesus was not, he constantly told Anybody he needed to, his kingdom was not of this world. He never denied being a king and having that as his rightful position. But he said his kingdom was not of this world. Amen. So our kingdom is not of this world. Taking on that meek and and humble spirit and gentle spirit that he had will allow the Holy Spirit to be able to teach us, instruct us, and help us. Amen. And, and, and that's why we do that. That Jesus had the spirit without measure because even though he walked in a flesh body, he never gave in to the desires of the flesh. And in the flesh is the flesh. It can be tempted. You know, it can, it can be tantalized and made happy with different things, but he never gave into that. Why? He had too much real stuff to do. Amen. Too much eternal stuff to do. Too much lasting stuff to do. So Isaiah 53 1 says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
to whom is the strength of the Lord revealed. So he goes into talking about the arm of the Lord and then he talks about this very meek and humble person. And you don't get the impression that this person has any strength at all. Amen. Any, any renown at all. You think of this person as just an ordinary person. Well, when you think about, look at this, you need to think about you. Amen. As being an ordinary person. You're not, you're not wealthy. You're not renowned. You're, you're not a lot of those things. Amen. The interesting thing that if you are wealthy and renowned, that can leave you at any time if the world has put that on you. You understand what I'm saying? You see these people out here that are, are, um, running from one to say like uh, entertainers running from one booking to the next. They hardly have a time to take a breath. They know if they ever stop, they're done. Amen. And we don't live like that. Our kingdom is not of this world. And so we can live like Jesus did. Jesus had full confidence in the father about everything. I mean, from where he, he lived provision whether he was going to live or the Pharisees were going to kill him all that kind he had full confidence in the father about a good outcome for all of that and if we will keep his attitude we can have full confidence in the father about provision for everything too we'll never lack for anything there's no lack in God's kingdom amen as long as we believe and get our mouth in gear with what God says about us Amen. Quit trying to get attention from people for stuff that's not real. You understand what I'm saying? All this stuff out here, this is so unreal. It's so fake. It's fake as a Kardashian. You understand what I'm saying? The, the whole world is. Amen. Just put on for the sake of attention. So we can renounce the things of this world just like Jesus did said he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. And, and people believe that this is referring just to the cross. But, you know, if you look at what was said about Jesus, nobody talked about how handsome he was, how you understand what I'm saying? There's no reports about him being somebody that, that you would admire in the flesh. Why? Because his spirit was so strong. His spirit was what you recognized. He, he, his character was what you, what stood out to people. Amen? And so it, it, it says, and he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with fellowshipping with grief he fellowshiped with grief in his suffering so in verse 3 this is is definitely talking about his work on the cross amen it's not that he's despised and rejected all the time because sinners loved him his disciples loved him many people loved him people that he healed loved him amen so he was embraced by them there are many people that, that invited him to his home. They wanted, they took care of him. They gave him offerings for his ministry. So he had lots of support. And lots of, but by the same token, he had a lot of people wanting to kill him. The world wanted him dead. 
and the world did kill him in the end. Amen. The world and the, the quote unquote church. It wasn't known as the church then, but the spiritual, the spiritual forces, those who were, were religious wanted him dead, just like the Caesars of his day wanted him dead. Amen. And so the world and, and the church finally ganged up on him, was able to put him to death. Amen. And so this is referring to his work on the cross. There is no, when there's no beauty, we should desire him that, that talks about the fact that he was, his body was so broken and bruised from beating. Amen. There's, there's nothing. He was unattractive to look at. You had to turn your face away from him. Uh, he was so marred, the Bible says. And it says, he says he was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we, we esteemed him not. He took that so you don't have to wear that label in life. You got me? Now there's a lot of people running around here talking about how rejected. I grew up with a lot of rejection. Well you grown now. Shake it off. Huh? Jesus has the answer for you is the cross. When you got born again, rejection stopped. Huh? You just thought it was fun to pick it up because you get attention with it. Huh? Look at my little pet rejection. Huh? Get a lot of attention from people. People want to pray for you over and over and over again. Everybody here knows you can get delivered from reading your word. All you got to do is read this one time and believe it and rejection leaves you. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you don't have memories and you try to pick it up again. You know, that happens to everybody. That's why you fight the good fight of faith. No, that's not me, devil. I'm not rejected anymore. You reject me, you Mr. Blessing, buddy. <laughs> huh? Reject me at your own peril. <laughs> huh? Because it's true. I am blessed to be a blessing. If you receive me, you'll get it. You reject me, you'll get nothing. It's true anyway. We need to promote who we are. Amen. We're blessed of God. I love Jesus. He saved me. He's my savior. He's my healer and I'm redeemer. When I walked into the kingdom, all that stuff dropped off of me and I left it in the world. It doesn't cling to me anymore. Amen. Stop giving people attention because they say they've had rejection in their life. You know, and it plays in a little religious thing with Christians. We want to seem like we're real compassionate and powerful. We'll lay hands on people and pray for them. They keep coming back with the same rejection toy. Just take the toys away from people. Give them something else to play with. Because them go play with the anointing. God will let you play with the anointing all day long. Trade that in for your rejection toy. 
Amen? Feeling sorry for yourself. We didn't have this when I was growing up. I want to say, girl, sit down and get you a beer. I'm going to talk to you and tell you something. (laughs) That stops most Christians in their tracks. Amen. Because they want to take you down memory lane and start singing the blues. When I sung the blues, I usually had a beer and a cigarette in my hand. Let's do it right. Come on now. If you save, be saved. If you heal, be healed. If you delivered, be delivered. Amen. You don't have to pick that up anymore. Well, the reason I'm this way is no, I, 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 oh, spare me, spare me. Whew, you want to talk reasons? I got something to tell you, girl. Let me go first. So that'll stop any whining devil. Amen. They don't want that. They don't want to listen to you. They want all the attention. Amen. <laughs> I could tell you stories. So he took that. People don't like you. See, this is what you feed people that, that get on Facebook and complain about church hurt. I went to this church and they didn't treat me right. Listen, Jesus took that for you. And the reason you still hurt is because you didn't stay in church long enough to read this scripture. Because somebody would have read that to you day one. Huh? You didn't stay there long enough to get find out who you were. He was despised and rejected of men, a man acquainted with sorrows, but see, never, you're never despised and rejected by God. See, what men say to you and do to you does not compare what God will do for you if you'll let that go and grab him. Amen. He'll restore you. Amen. He restores your soul. Takes all the rejected little parts and twists them out and puts in accepted in the beloved, blessed of God, fully acceptable to God at all times. He's not mad at us. He's blessing us. We're forgiven. We're totally set free. See, he replaces all of that nonsense with his truth. What is the truth that God says about us? Our sins are forgiven, number one. There's no condemnation to us. He's not angry at us. He took his anger out on his son. Amen. So he was pleased. Jesus did a pleasing job to the father, taking punishment in our place. He says, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Amen. So he was many times grieved. Amen. He he is through life. You know, when he went to the tomb of Lazarus. The Bible says that he was, he groaned in his spirit and, and, uh, he, he bore the griefs and the sorrows of us definitely on the cross. And he says, and we hid as our faces, as it were our faces from him, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Amen. So they thought nothing of Jesus. Everybody rejected him, but put him down before he died. Even his faithful disciples. Amen. Surely he has borne our griefs. Those griefs he bore were for us and carried our sorrows, took them away. Amen. He took them away. 
What are you feeling sorry for yourself for? Amen. That's been stripped from you. Amen. You ever go, sometimes you, things happen to you and you sit and think and you go to, and you realize that doesn't even pop up in my mind anymore. Where you used to feel sorry for yourself and you used to, it, it, it doesn't even, it's, it's a deliverance. We have been delivered from the power of that thing. Amen. It's like when I, when God delivered me from cigarettes, I would sit down sometimes. It was like, like after dinner or something. And I said, I used to do something. Something I used to do at this time and I couldn't even find it to want to do it anymore. See, you've been delivered. When the place where smoking used to occupy my brain, God put something better in there. Amen. And it wasn't to have another helping of dessert, even though I started doing that, but you know what I'm saying. Wait, but we working on that one. Still, still working on it. Don't ever quit quitting whatever it is that you need to quit. Amen. And don't ever quit believing whatever it is you need to believe that God has for you. He says, we didn't esteem him. We held him in low esteem. But surely he took our griefs. That He did that for us. He carried our sorrows. Amen. Amen. So the purpose, and yet we did esteem him stricken of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for what? Our transgressions. So he was the lamb of God. He was the sacrifice who takes away the sin of the world because he did it for us. That's the sacrifice. He was bruised for us, for our iniquities. He was, the chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes, we are healed. So that's a total restoration of a complete person. Amen. What do you need help for? I, I, well, I keep doing this and I know it's wrong. He was wounded for that. Amen. He was bruised and beaten for your, your, your desire to break the law, for your transgression, for your breaking the law. A transgression is a breaking of, of a commandment of God. Amen. So he was wounded for that. So that's already been paid for. Why you keep denying you do anything wrong? Big problem for Christian. We do everything right now. Huh? Then why was he wounded for what we do wrong? <laughs> oh, you mean that? Yeah, that. Huh? He was bruised for our iniquities. Well, I would feel good, but I, I still want to do bad stuff. He was bruised for that. Okay. You can get forgiven for that too. You know, we start confessing more stuff to God. And what did Jesus say about Mary? He said, when, when he asked, I forget who it was, he was talking to a Pharisee or Zacchaeus or somebody gone to his house for dinner. She was at his feet weeping and carrying on and, and they got mad at her. And, and he said, her sins, which were many. In other words, I'm not trying to make light of nothing she did, but she asked me to forgive her. What y'all doing? sitting up here criticizing he said who he who has forgiven of much loves much 
In other words, you start confessing and see how much your love for God grows. You start acknowledging who you were when he found you and see how much you love him. Amen. When you know you're forgiven of much, you love much. Pharisees were so hard-hearted. Why? They did everything right in their eyes. They did no wrong. Amen. Everybody was wrong except them. That's why they didn't love Jesus. Don't fit in that box, okay? Don't fall into that category. No, the devil will visit your mind with any kind of, you know, harmful thing. You're not trying, you're not creating things to think about that are wrong. He visits us with those things. But if you're ashamed of him and push him down and don't confess him to God, you're going to be laboring with him for a while. They make a bigger impression on you in darkness. Bring it up to the light. Amen. Amen. No, Jesus, the devil just gave me a lustful thought about somebody and I'm too old for this nonsense. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? It'll happen to anybody. So you confess it. God, I'm sorry. I don't want to dwell on this. Get this off of me. It leaves so quick it'll make your head spin. We labor with a lot of things that if we confess them, we could get them out of our lives in a hurry. <clears throat> it says, and by his stripes we are healed. You know, see, the Pharisees didn't think they needed all this. But verse 6 nails everybody. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everybody's done something they shouldn't do. Everybody has turned everyone to his own way. Oh, trying to please myself. Oh, yeah. Number one that gets you in trouble. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Put everything on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Amen. He was not being afflicted for his own wrongdoing. That's why he didn't open his mouth. He had he didn't want to defend himself. He had nothing to defend himself for. So he had no sin of his own to, to die for. Amen. The purpose of his wounds was to complete the covenant or guarantee of healing throughout eternity. In other words, you can be healed over and over and over again. When he walked the earth, he demonstrated his promise and his will to take suffering and sin from us. It was fulfilled every single day. His humanity helped him as a priest. Amen. It's the same thing that, that, that we live. The part of the reason that, that we have challenges. God doesn't spare us from trouble is because we can be a, more of a faithful high priest and intercessor for people who have difficulties. Amen. It comes to everybody, but it depends on how you process it and what you do with it, whether God gets glory out of it or not. See, if you get saved and you never give a testimony and you try to pretend like you didn't do such bad things when you were, do you understand what I'm saying? God gets no glory out of that. Amen. And, and we're not to hide who we were, but allow God to use it so that he can be glorified in what we do. But we 
go through difficulties because high priests and priests have to know the feelings of the people. They lived among the people, not in a gated anything. You know, you got that gate because you, in your mind, you're a big deal. Hey, somebody needed to hear that on the internet, wherever. Isn't that true? Everybody got a bodyguard. Now I can get me one if I wanted to. Where's Rachel? (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You know, you see that stuff filtering in the church. You know, it's. We never had armor bearer. Somebody one day read the Old Testament and found that word. And then everybody got to be an armor bearer. Just if you carried, you carried a book in for, for a minister, you was the armor bearer. So I was looking at Chuck one day. I said, Chuck ain't gonna take no bullet from me. I think I'm just going to. <laughs> so we don't have armor bearers around. You know, it's just I carried the book. That's all, that's all I'm doing. Alright. They're trying to help out a little bit, you know. Now, y'all all know that ain't nothing but fake. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. I'm going to keep going. But when Jesus walked the earth, he demonstrated his promise and his will to take suffering and sin from people. He forgave sin and he healed people. And at the cross, he would take suffering on himself for real to bury it once and for all eternally. Amen. So that we could be raised up in a power that can resist it. You don't have to succumb to it. You can resist it at all times. Amen. So, so he guaranteed that we would be free from sin forever. And free from sickness forever. In his humanity as a high priest, he's able to feel like we do. He is touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. If you don't think that's important, you try to get prayer from somebody who don't care if you suffer or not. Or somebody who will try and ask you what you did and how this happened to you and question you and you, you, that's not a high priest. That ain't even a good cop or a bad cop. You know, a good cop would at least slap you a couple of times and make sure you told the truth. Amen. You don't want to be under religious people at all. Number one, they have no power. That's why they got to grill you all the time. Wonder what you did to make that come on you. Amen. You got to teach the Bible to people who are trying to pray for you. That ain't right. So Jesus is a perfect high priest. He comes to our aid quickly because he doesn't want us to suffer because he lived in a flesh body. He knows how that feels. Anybody with true compassion would come to the aid of the suffering quickly to alleviate suffering because he knows how bad that feels. It's just that simple. So he walked in a flesh body to make him a worthy high priest, worthy to call the shots, worthy to come to your rescue. Amen. 
Don't be jealous of people who keep messing up and keep God keeps bailing them out. And don't get mad at God because he seems to like them better than you. Figure out how to get it to work for you. See, that person is just taking him at his word. He's a faithful high priest. Faithful means every single time you hurt, he comes and takes you out of it. Every single time. And he does it immediately. Well, I fell back into sin and got in this mess. He comes speedily to get you out of pain and suffering. You need to let go of it. You need to let go of feeling like you deserve certain things because of what you did. He says you don't. That's why he took it. And all you need to do is believe that he took it and it's yours. Amen. You can receive your healing. So he is the lamb of God, takes away the sins of the world. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray, turned everyone to his own way. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the desire to sin, even if you don't do it. Why? Because God knows that will nag your conscience. So he takes everything. Your conscience is purged from dead works. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It gave God pleasure and delight to bruise his son. He had put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. So until Jesus went to the cross, the Father was not satisfied with his ministry. His ministry included the death on the cross. It wasn't just an earthly ministry. That's why he tells us to pick up our cross and follow him. See, his ministry extended to the death on the cross, and our ministry has to extend to a death on the cross every day. Every day you die to what you want to do. You can't go kicking it with your friends no more and feel good. you taking the Holy Ghost in that place with you, and you don't never know when he's going to cut up. You understand what I'm saying? You'll be sitting there talking to somebody and the Holy Ghost will take your words and you start witnessing the people in the bar, sniffing coke or smoking a blunt, whatever you're doing. Huh? Well, you got to yield to honey, please. You didn't know what you was yielding to when you got saved. You woke up. And you was free from sin and didn't want to do this. Where's my, where's my this? Where's my that? I don't want to, what, what, what happened to me? What, who did this to me? Oh, you didn't agree for all of that. Huh? Well, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Um, well, sometimes. Hey? Huh? 
<laughs> if Tina Turner could do it nice and easy or nice and rough, the Holy Spirit can too. Amen. He got more power than she does. He'll yank you out of a bar. Make all your friends disappear. Man, I don't know what happened to you. Something came on you last night and I got scared. I went home. You understand me? Did you ask him to do all that? Yeah, I don't think so. So, so God has taken all of this from us. He is a faithful high priest. He did it to fulfill prophecy, to fulfill his own word. He wasn't looking at what you do. Your behavior was not a consideration in him going to the cross. He didn't care what you did. He did it anyway, and you reap the benefit of it. So it's not contingent upon you doing everything right, your good behavior, what you do wrong, any of that stuff. He did it to fulfill his own word to himself. Now he's satisfied that whosoever will let him come. Amen. Whosoever wants, they can let him drink of the, 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 the river of life freely. Amen. So it can come free to everybody. Amen. And make it free to people that you know as well. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We honor you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy to be praised and adored, glorified and magnified. Lord, you are highly exalted above all gods. And we thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done and what you're doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.